Well, good morning to you once again, and for also those who are joining us online. So good to have you here this morning as we wrap up our series, Blessed. William Shakespeare coined the phrase, what's in a name? And by using that little phrase in his play, Romeo and Juliet, what he was saying is that the names are significant and that names say something about a person or a thing in some way. For example, I I wondered about the last name that I have, Fleming. Kind of made me wonder, was there some Irishman standing by the sea on one morning and he kind of went like this, (coughs) and it stuck, right? But I was way off that that was not the case with the name Fleming. The name Fleming actually means from Flanders. It's actually a very old Anglo-Norse name that goes back to the Vikings. There's Fleming, F-L-E-E-M-I-N-G. There was Fleming, F-L-Y-M-I-N-G in that name. And so to be from Flanders, this this man migrated from modern-day Belgium over to Ireland, and he kept that name, so he had kids with Flemings. And there were more Flemings, and now there are thousands of people across the world with the name Fleming from Flanders. So that name would signify or mean that I am of European ancestry, right? And there are many different last names. What's in a name? Well, it identifies, it says something about a person. We are going to take a deep, deep dive this morning into what's called the Aaronic Blessing, We're going to take a deep, deep dive into the name the Lord, L-O-R-D, to see what that name means when we hear it in the blessing at the close of our service. And as well, because of that, God gives us some names as well that we're going to think about. Now, if you listen to Pastor Mike down at the core, his first sermon, he pointed out some really interesting things about the structure of the blessing. In Hebrew, the first phrase has three words. Second one has five. And then the final phrase at the end, it has seven words. And although when Moses uses this um, blessing and says, you bless my people, plural, when it's to you, God bless you, God give you his favor, you, you, singular. So God is telling his people, each and every single one of you are important and have value. And I am going to bless you. And finally, that that last phrase, seven words, if you know Israelite thought, Hebrew thought, seven is the number of completeness, seven words, God is going to completely bless you. There is nothing that he is going to withhold from you in Christ. It is like, in a sense, a megaphone, three, five, seven, louder, 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 the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And so let's take a peek and let's take that dive into that final phrase this morning. The Lord turned his face toward you. Uh, That name says something. Uh, Maybe you're familiar that in many cultures and the history of the world, names have meaning. For example, when my wife and I went to the Rosebud Reservation, we had to pick a Lakota name. Uh, Maybe you know the name Shugmani Tutanka Owachi, Dances with Wolves. I see one person, Shigmani Tutanka Oachi, right? Dances with Wolves, the Kevin Costner movie. Well, I had to pick a Lakota name 
And I picked the, the code name Tukcha Iyanke, running deer. And I can tell you when I go to the YMCA now and I get on the treadmill, I do not feel like a running deer anymore. It's more like loping deer, you know, like, oh, I've got to do this again, right? My dear wife picked the name Wanakchaskawi, the white flower woman. And she is every bit of that still to me today. I love her. I don't call her that very often, but maybe I should more. Wanakchaskawi. So my point in sharing this, when we talk about names, they say something about a person. Many cultures, names say something about a person. And that was true in Israelite culture. Many times names meant something about the person. And many times they were connected to God. So, for example, the name like Elijah. My God is Yah, Yahweh. That is my God. Or a name like Micah in Hebrew, Mika. Who is like the Lord. Or maybe if you have the name Isaac, the name that, that Sarah gave to her son when he was born, it means laughter. Yizkak. It kind of sounds like Popeye. Right? Means laughter. So in Israelite culture, names meant something. My God is Yahweh. Who is like the Lord? Laughter. We don't do that so much in English, but this is important for us to understand as we talk about the name the Lord. Four capital letters. You ever wonder why that is? Like, why, why in the Bible, when we come to that, as four, it's like, like, is that a misprint or something? What is that? In Israelite culture, there was such reverence for God's name that they didn't even want to say it. Now, God didn't say that to them. God said, you can use my name. It's the name Yahweh. You can use it. But there was so much respect for it, they didn't even want to say it. So they took another word, Adonai, and they used that word, and then later on they put the vowels called the pointing underneath it, and they would come to that word and say Adonai instead of saying Yahweh. And now translators, when they translate the Bible, they put those four capital letters there, L-O-R-D, to signify this is the Lord. Now, God uses many names for himself in the Bible, many names. Uh, a couple of years ago, one of the teachers in our school said, um, Pastor Jim, can you write down all the names for God for my class? And I was like, oh. Because if you go and check out websites, there's one website, 800 names used by God. Another website I went to, 952. Now, I would love to talk about all those names with you this morning, but I'm not going to do that because we'd be here for a month. It'd be fascinating and deep, but I'm not going to do that to you. But there are some names in the Bible that are more common. If we go to the first verse of Genesis, God uses his name already there in Genesis, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God uses the name Elohim for himself. I am creator God. I am the God who creates out of nothing. See my ability in what I can do. Elohim in the Bible. Another word that God uses for himself, El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. I am the one who delivers. Another name that's common for God in the Bible is Adonai Zivaot, the Lord of hosts, the picture of a general leading his troops into battle and returning victorious, the Lord of hosts. But it is interesting when we come to the blessing, God does not use any of those names for himself. 
He uses a completely different name. He uses the name Yahweh. And this is what we are told about that name. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him, this is Moses, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, and maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. This is the name that God uses for himself in the blessing. And it is like a megaphone, the emphasis, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, that beats louder with every breath to say, I am the God of compassion. I am the God of the covenant. I am the God who is faithful. And it is this name that God uses for himself to emphasize his grace, his love, and his compassion. And it is interesting, the first time in the Bible we see this word, the Lord used, it's also in Genesis. When Adam and Eve fell into sin and rebelled against God, God did not just say, I am done with you, Adam and Eve. But we are told, the Lord God called out, where are you? God revealed himself to Adam and Eve as a compassionate and caring caring God who went after them to save not only them, but the human race in announcing a savior to them. The Lord God went after Adam and Eve. And so our first takeaway is this. Three times the name of the Lord is used. God is saying, I really, really, really love you. I really, really love you. We have that thought in mind when we hear that blessing spoken at the end of the service. But there is more to us that God reveals to us in this name, the Lord Jehovah. In fact, we're going to go to a conversation that God had with Moses. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Same Hebrew word, Yahweh. It's a verb, I am. That's beyond comprehension. God, has there ever been a time when you were not, God says, I am. God, are you here with me right now? God says, I am. God, are you, are you going to be here forever? And God says, I am. God is absolutely constant. God is absolutely independent. He does not depend on anyone for anything. And the name that he uses for himself when he reveals himself to Moses is, I am. Now that is striking. Is there someone in your life who's moody? There was a person I knew in my life, and I always wondered, who am I going to meet today? 
One day I'd meet this person, hey Jim, how's it going? Great day. Hey, you look great. You know, it's going to be a great day. We're going to do or this or that. You know, I'm going to, I feel great too. It's like, okay, it's going to be a good day. Another day I'd see this person, doesn't even acknowledge me, walks by, frown on the person's face, closes the door. It's like, whoa, okay, I guess today's not going to be a good day. And I'm not talking about my wife when I share this with you. There's another person, right? But maybe you know someone like that in your life. And you're just like, like who am I going to meet today, right? Understand, this is not our God. He is the I am. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. He does not change. I don't have to wonder what God thinks of me. There's so much in our world today that changes, brothers and sisters, and you know this. I mean, our bodies change, technology changes, our kids grow up, the weather changes outside. Some days it's nice, some days it's awful. We live in a world of change. And God comes to us in this blessing and says, I am the Lord, I am. And he says, It is the I am who is blessing you, and I do not change. And so our second takeaway is this. A simple truth. I am's love for you will not change. God's love for you does not change. Is that something? That God just gives us every single blessing that he has to give? Is that something? There was a man named David who reflected upon that. Uh, King David, if you're familiar with him, talented guy. I mean, well-rounded. He's athletic. He's good-looking. He's musical. He's a warrior. God grants him success. He becomes king. He's the most powerful man in the Middle East. I mean, you look at David and go, "What, what didn't God give to David? I mean, God blessed him so. The Lord was gracious to him, to David. But David said this. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? Who am I? If you know David's life, even though God blessed him in so many ways, David fell pretty hard and pretty far at times in his life. Uh, He had an affair with a woman named Bathsheba, After that, he murdered, he lied, he manipulated, controlled, he used people, he was publicly offensive. Another time in David's life, pride welled up within him. He took a census of his army because he wanted to reflect on his power, and God allowed a plague to come on the Israelite people. And David now says, who am I? He recognized and saw his sin. He recognized and understood I don't deserve anything from you, God. And we reflect in the same way to say, God, Lord, you are are good and gracious, but who am I? Like David, I lust at times. I hate at times. I have murdered people. If my thoughts of hatred were bullets, it's like how many of my family members would be alive yet? Right? If my hatred thoughts were bullets, right? I manipulate, I control, I use. Sometimes I sin publicly in different ways. Who am I, Lord, that you should show your compassion and your grace to me? 
but our Lord and Savior does through Jesus. That announcement that the Lord God made to Adam and Eve to send the serpent crushers, the Lord has fulfilled at the cross with our Savior Jesus Christ who spilled his blood for each and every sin that we commit. Lord, who am I? And God says this to us. This is our next takeaway. That you have immeasurable worth to God. You have immeasurable worth to God. So those are, that's God's name. The Lord. Capital L-O-R-D. But because God uses that name for himself three times just to emphasize who he is, because of that, we have some new names too that God gives to us as well. That stress several things. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. I'm going to go back to my last name for a moment here, so endure with me. I'm going to go back to the Fleming name. Fleming not only says a little bit about my European history, but that name in the words of Shakespeare, what's name, would also identify relationship. So my family is sitting over here. There's my wife, Rebecca, my daughter, Grace, Lincoln, Harrison. They all took the last name Fleming. So when we are together, you can assume, okay, there's a relationship there, children and wife, right? Relation to me. And it can extend further than that when we talk about relationship, because I had a father named Roger, there's my grandfather Elmer, and my great-grandfather Stephen Fleming all had the same name. And so if you were looking at our family tree, you could assume you have relationship between them. So that's what that name means. Now God also uses names for us to emphasize relationship. God says you are elect. You are called. You are holy ones. You are righteous. You are the redeemed, which we're going to talk about more. You are saints. You are holy ones. God says you are children of God. That's what John tells us in his first letter. He says, See what, what great love Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Just like God has many names, God has many awesome and great names to, men, to emphasize and to know. When we hear the name Lord, relationship, we belong to the family of God that we hear his blessing. Secondly, besides, owner, besides relationship, ownership. Now this is a loaded question, so bear with me. But how many of you like to go to the MVD? No one? Well, why is that? Because that's an important place to go and you better have your ducks in order if you're going to go to the MVD, Right? So if I'm going to transfer a car title over first, this is always kind of the, the anxiety part, i got to make sure that that title is signed correctly by both owners, right, who own it previously. they got to sign it. If I don't get one of those signatures and I go in there, I, not your property, sorry. Then after I get that title signed correctly, right, then i got to decide not whose title, whose name is going to go on that title. Is it going to be just me, Jim Fleming, or is it going to be joint ownership, right, of that item when I go there. And this is very important, right? Is it going to be an and? 
or an or. Because if it's an or on that title between me and my wife and my wife gets mad at me and she wants to sell my car, she can go out and do that because she has ownership of it, the or, right? So that's very important as well. Third, you, you need ID to show who you are. Like, are you really Jim Fleming? Yep, here's my driver's license. Here's my passport. I, I really am. And finally, you got to have money to pay for it. The government says if you're going to make this transfer of title so that you own it, right? Fork it over, right? So you can show, right? That's what happens at the MVD, and none of us really like going through that process. But it is so important, right? So that we have ownership of that car. And kind of as a side note, it's interesting that 30% of Americans keep their title in their car. I don't know why, right? Not very wise, because someone can steal that title and steal the car, sign it, and say, this is now my property, right? So property is very important to us. When we come to the blessing and we look at the names that God gives to us, God says, you are mine. This is what he says in Isaiah. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. God says, I redeemed you. I have bought you back. I have paid off your debt, and you belong to me, and I give you these new names. Brothers and sisters, typically when we we make that last car payment, when we make that last mortgage payment, oh, that is a great day, right? Liberation, I am free. We rejoice. We are exhilarated. Hey, let's have a party. No more payments. And God comes to us and says, you are redeemed you belong to me. And all I can say is thank you, Lord, because who am I? God says, you are my property. That title signed with the blood of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, you are his forever. And so this is the dive today. We look at the name the Lord when we hear it in the blessing and all that it means to us. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the gracious and compassionate God, and we see our names that God gives to us. You are the redeemed. You are my property, and you are important. Brothers and sisters, this is the end of our series, The Blessed. But Lord willing, you understand, appreciate, give thanks for these awesome words that God gives to us in the blessing that we'll hear in a little bit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are good and gracious, and you touch the lives of so many with health and healing, but greatest of all, you announce to so many, your sins are forgiven. And we rejoice today to know that when we think about those precious words that you give to the Israelite people and to us, we give thanks for them, Lord. So Lord, it is our request that you continue to watch over us, to bless us in the different aspects of our life, the things that are going on, the challenges that we face. Keep us in your care and send your holy angels to guard and protect.